I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. And this, this is, is the Reimagined Success, Success Podcast. Podcast. We're a husband and wife team who want to make a difference. Keeping up with the Joneses can be exhausting, and we can often lose sight of what we are accomplishing. We're here to reimagine success and to celebrate the steps it takes us to get there. Big or small, we want to showcase success stories that will inspire, motivate, and help propel you towards greatness in your own life. So come reimagine success with us and let's let's go go on on this this journey journey together. together. Hello and welcome back to another Thursday edition of Reimagine Success. Yes, episode four. We are super excited about today's guest. Uh, I'm a little personally biased as he is someone that I've known literally since the moment I was born. Uh, It's going to be my older brother, the one, the only Michael Biondi. Yes, Michael, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for being here and taking time out of your schedule. Yeah, Michael, for those of you that don't know, is a business owner. Uh, He owns Frothy Beard Brewery in Charleston, South Carolina. He he has got his master's in entomology from Clemson University, and he's just one of the busiest guys I know, but also extremely bright, extremely hardworking, and just loves what he does and is very passionate about what he does. And we're super excited to be able to talk to him about uh, his journey that brought him to where he is today. So, Michael, um, why don't you start by kind of telling your story, you know, where, where you started out, how you got into what you're doing now, and the, a little bit about the road that brought you here. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's a long, it's a long story that starts somewhere back in Brooklyn, New York, obviously. You remember? Oh uh, um, yeah, yeah. We definitely started in Brooklyn. Yeah, our parents moved here when we were youngins, almost teenagers, and then uh, you know, we've been in the South ever since, we, um, except for a few, few years that I spent in D.C., which was a lot of fun. I'll get back. The uh, brewery where I'm at now, uh, Frothy Beard Brewing Company, was conceived um, 2010 uh, was when we first started making moves to become a brewery. Back in the day, myself and my two buddies, Steve and Joey, uh, were all living in Clemson a few years before that. And that's where we started home brewing our first beers. I was in entomology school uh, to get my master's in entomology and stream ecology and water quality management. And I really enjoyed it, um, but I also really enjoyed craft beer. And I really enjoyed drinking craft beer. And I had a little bit of a problem, which was I was on a grad school budget and it was <laughs> expensive. So we learned to our uh, thanks to the fortunate gods that if you make your own beer, it's cheaper than going out to the bar and purchasing it. So, so the whole brewery idea started just because you were a bunch of broke college kids. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you could, you could, you can make 40 beers for about 40 bucks or you could go to the bar and buy 40 beers for about 200 bucks. So yeah, I'd say that's a much better deal. Yeah. 
So we, we got into it, uh, tested, tested our first few batches. They weren't great, um, just like every home brewer. Uh, we still, still drank them. We had some exploding beers in the closet, which were fun for over-carbonation. Um, <laughs> you know, getting all of our clothes soaked in beer and having to wash them over and over again, learning trial and error the whole nine yards. Um, and then we uh, graduated from, you know, I graduated from Clemson. Steve was moving to Charleston. Joey had lived in Charleston before and wanted to go back. So we decided to all move down there. And I was going to search for a career in my entomology, entomological field or something in the natural sciences. The, that was 2008 and there was the recession um, that the country was facing, um, mm -hmm. which wasn't great. Um, tons of jobs were just drying up. So I luckily had some friends from Erskine College, where both you and I attended, um, working in a restaurant on Kiwa Island. And so I quickly got a job there and worked there for the better part of five years. Um, while we, while Steve, Joey, and I continued to hone our craft of home brewing, and eventually started planning planning the business of frothy beard. Um, at the time in 2010, when we looked at the landscape in South Carolina, um, there were only 10 breweries, or we were gonna be the 10th brewery in, in South Carolina and the fifth in Charleston. So there wasn't much competition at all. Um, and when we looked across the country, there still wasn't that many breweries. There's only about like 1500 small microbreweries across the country. It doesn't mean we planned on competing with them, but at the same time, there wasn't much to like gain a lot of knowledge from at the right. time. Uh, we did a lot of research. We read books from uh, Darkfish Head in Brooklyn, some of the big names and Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada, and just try to get as much information as we could about like how these people went about their start to their business, um, which was not a lot of information out there, but a lot of just like stories and anecdotes about like, yeah, you know, I brewed it in my bathtub and then I went door to door with bottles trying to sell it. And, you know, and we felt a kinship, a kinship with them because that's kind of what we did. Um, we did that for the better part of three years, honing our recipes, trying to figure out what we wanted to do, looking for a space, coming up with a name, spreading the word about ourselves, having little parties where we gave out our homebrew to friends and ask them to give it to people they thought would be interested in it. Just, you know, really, really enjoyed it. And how made a go of it. How were the initial responses to your first brews that you were creating? Were people pretty excited about it? Uh, I mean, they were hit or miss for sure. Um, we had we had a couple sure winners um, that we still brew today. Uh, our Andale Pale Ale, which is our jalapeno cilantro pale ale, our Tides Irish Red, um, our Strawberry Blonde Ale. My personal favorite. It is your, your personal favorite. Um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all ones that we, you know, started out with, we thought were good contenders, continue to do them up until today. We have like a brown ale that's morphed into our Maltese Falcon. Uh, you know, we've made changes along the way to ever like keep it um refining it making it better but initially we did have a good uh 
outlook on everybody's opinion on what we were doing. So, um, yeah, I guess in the middle of that, I took a hiatus when I got a job at the Smithsonian. <laughs> so I went there for two years. Yeah, that's pretty but cool that, that uh, you were able to go to the Smithsonian. Um, while you were there, though, you, you kind of realized that that was maybe the end of your entomology career? Yeah. Um, and D.C. is not a cheap place to live by any means. Um, I did have a master's, but I wasn't making nearly enough to live off of. Um, so I was working in the Smithsonian all the time. I got a weekend job at a winery um, just to see a different part about the alcohol producing process. I didn't, I didn't like make any wine, but I did um, you know, learn a lot about what they did there, served, served a lot of their, their products and saw how they marketed them things like that and i did try to get a couple jobs at some breweries and some other bars but unfortunately i didn't have much experience so i wasn't wasn't able to land one of those positions <laughs> i find that hilarious that you were turned down to work at a brewery or a bar and now you own your own brewery yeah i mean it it takes it takes a lot of experience to know what you're doing in these places like it's not just Hey, you know, I've, I've brewed a couple batches at home. Let me uh, play with your multi-million dollar facility to make beers that are going to be marketed across, you know, the state, the country, and they're going to be good. And I'm going to know what I'm doing. Like, I never, I never thought that way, but I understand that way now because, you know, we have lots of people that come to us with no experience and, and they're like, Hey, I'd love to work in the brewery. And I'm like, well, we you do know that we're not going to let you brew a beer for like a, at least a year. You know, you're going to you're going to you're going to watch, you're going to clean kegs, you're going to do a lot of sanitation stuff because that is the basis of making good beer is clean beer. So, um, yeah. So I guess in 2013 we finally pulled the trigger, got a got a location in North Charleston, um, opened up with what. I call a modified homebrew setup. And we were making a barrel and a half batches at a time, which is 45 gallons at a time, uh, which is not a lot, doesn't go very far. But luckily, we weren't trying to distribute anywhere. We were just trying to sell it in house. And due to a series of fortunate events, a bunch of the laws changed rapidly in succession for South Carolina. Uh, with the South Carolina Brewers Guild and our future business partner, Wesley Donahue, working really hard on changing a lot of the laws and making craft beer more accessible to the, to the public. And you've been really involved in that as well, haven't you? Yeah, I, I was part of the guild for four years um, as the like event coordinator and treasurer. I did a lot of fundraising for them as well. Um, planned a bunch of large events from the first guild, South Carolina Guild uh, Festival, to the first trade show, to the first, um, our first beer, South Carolina beer competition. So I, I, I did a lot of them. You know, trying to ever grow 
South Carolina's footprint in the beer world. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, I guess after that, you know, we just were hitting it as hard as we could. I was still working on Kiwa um, full time, doing as much as I could to make money there and working for free for three years at Rocky, uh, where my business partners, Joey came on, finally got a paycheck after the first year. Steve got a paycheck after like a year, nine months or something. And then I finally got a paycheck after three years. So we, we kind of like staggered into to it. And for the most part, Joey has moved towards the brew house. Steve has moved into distribution. And I mostly like GM, accountant, pair guy, janitor, and plumber. And I wear, I wear many hats now. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, fast forward a couple of years and we finally met uh, Wesley Donahue, who became our business partner. Uh, we invested enough to move away from our Chinese little warehouse in Port Charleston into the community of West Ashley here in Charleston. We have a much bigger system, a much bigger, nicer tap room. Been there for four and a half years. We just opened up our second location in Somerville. South Carolina, where I'm currently sitting right now. And yes, I don't have my video on, so I, so you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know that's been a big deal for you, uh, that second location. You've been talking about that for a number of years now, uh, so that's super exciting. Um, oh, there you are. Now we Hi. can see the new location. <laughs> yeah. So uh, th this is obviously an audio podcast, but Michael is showing us the inside of his brand new uh, brewery slash bar slash restaurant, uh, which is called Frothy Beard uh, Off World. Off World. So Frothy yeah. Beard Off World is this new location in Somerville. Um. Yeah, it's looking absolutely great. The original location is fantastic as well, which is out in West Ashley in the Charleston, South Carolina area for our listeners. So, Michael, what sacrifices do you think that you've made going into the brewery business? Besides giving um, up your master's, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still love learning about insects and like being the, the guy that all my friends come to and they are like, oh, what's this? And they send me a blurry picture of it. It's always fun. Um, but I do, I do enjoy, I do enjoy that. Like, now that I have a son, um, I'm excited like teaching all the things that I know about bugs. But, I mean, the, the science world and the entomological world and and that it, it, it's tough to give up for sure. Like I love being outside, uh, interacting with nature, um, and so I'm mostly indoors now, uh, at a computer all the time, and uh, cleaning I, toilets, and cleaning <laughs> toilets. Yeah, yeah <laughs> cleaning and, and fixing toilets, fixing mostly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, a different environment that I used to work in 
transfer my work. Like that's that's one sacrifice I believe is like just being able to connect with nature as much as I used to do. It's hard to do now, which stinks. But it's not the biggest one. Um, relationships have definitely been difficult um, when you work from eight to five in the morning at your at your job that doesn't pay you, and then you go from five to midnight to the job that you need to have to live. You don't have much time for a social life. Uh, people don't usually want to hang out between twelve and two in the morning all the time, and not be able to like go on a date and so it took a long time to find the right one and luckily at that point i was only exclusively working at frothy where i found my beautiful wife jen yes and your friendships take a toll as well um you don't have as much time to connect with people as you used to um you know on on holidays you're, you're working so you don't sometimes you don't get to go see your family and you know you do have I do have almost 50 employees um try to you know be fair to them as well be like hey we try to like have give some holidays off work it's food and beverage and when the world has off to party and celebrate you don't you're you're the you're the ones there trying to help everybody else have a good time and hopefully that the day after New Year's on New Year's Day or the, you know, the day after a big event you can take a break and enjoy time with the family um so yeah uh financially you know sacrifice for a long time to put everything into your business yeah three years with no paycheck that's that's a long time to go and working as long and hard hours as you did uh to achieve this dream without anything to show for it really yeah um, I mean, you know that in the end, it's going to work out. Um, and, well, you hope it's going to work out. <laughs> really. I mean, if it doesn't, then, you know, you worked for years for, for nothing. But, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of my journey so far, I get to go to my place of business and look around and admire what we've built. And know that those three years were definitely worth it. Um, it was a tough road, but it's, you got to persevere and you got to, in the hard work and you gotta know that if you do everything not the not everything right but if you do everything with heart and commitment and and passion then you're gonna find a way to, to get it going and get it up off the ground and get to a place where people recognize your passion and understand that we'll we'll enjoy it and join you on it Yes, I love that statement. If you have to decide between overspending and oversleeping, choose the comfy option. Ultimate sleep comfort has never been more affordable than with Nectar's Labor Day weekend sale. $499 in accessories plus an additional $200 off. Every Nectar mattress comes with a 365-night home trial, forever warranty, and free shipping and returns when you shop from the convenience of your own home at Nectarsleep.com. Join over 2 million happy sleepers that dream on Nectar mattresses and save up to $699. Hurry, offer ends September 5th. I think that anything that you do with heart and passion will get you to where you want to go. 
Um, speaking of that, what advice would you give to anyone out there that is wanting to change their career paths? Well, I mean, start with a plan for sure. Um, don't just throw all your caution into the wind. Like, even though we jumped into a brewery, you know, in 2013, we all didn't quit our jobs immediately and hope that money would just be rolling in, even though, you know, we had a business plan and, you know, everything's going to go according to the plan. Nothing goes according to the plan. So, you know, you can't, you can't go wholehearted into something if the opportunity arises and it seems to be sound for sure. But like, you know, do your diligence, plan what you're going to do, have goals, set them, work towards them, make sure that you are on track, keep tabs on yourself don't let don't let time get away from from you as well like make sure that you check in and be like okay that's where i want to be don't just let time keep passing you by and you know you're just in the grind right goals are a big thing with us we have constant goals all the time daily goals monthly goals yearly goals and you know that's the best advice i think for anyone out there yeah, and I love how you said to check in with yourself. A lot of times we get so wrapped up with chasing the dream that we forget to evaluate, okay, is this dream actually working? Because um, sometimes dreams don't work. Sometimes you've got a thing that you want to do and it's just not happening and you have to back up and say, okay, maybe I need to change my plan a little bit. But some people are too arrogant or too uh, blinded by their desire to uh, do that thing that they just keep trucking along and end up throwing away so much in their life because they don't evaluate, hey, am I actually making any progress here? Yeah, sure. I mean, progress is, is a key factor to like what you want to do in life. If you're not, you're not progressing, it doesn't have to be monetarily. It could be spiritually, it could be emotionally, it could be just, do I have family. more time? Yeah, do I have more time to spend with my family than I did last year? Do I have more time to, you know, to actually take a trip this year yeah. than mm -hmm. last year? If, if, if all you do is count the numbers and sit there day in, day out, and be like, all right, back to it, in the ground, back to it, in the ground. Like, that's, you're not progressing. So would you have to, would you say that you sometimes have to redefine what success means? I, I would. <laughs> or reimagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, of, often, especially in the brewery industry, like the landscape in the last six years has changed dramatically. We have almost 9,000 national breweries in the country like, wow that, you know in in the nine of the nine years that we've been open it's gone up ninefold so there's that there's also you know you've got the big players like budweiser who are buying up a lot of the smaller breweries that are doing really well and then like trying to squeeze out other breweries from participating in things so you've got you've got a lot of things against you People are drinking healthier now. 
whether it's non-alcoholic beers or it's self-service or it's um, you know liquor liquor is on the rise again who knows when we started beer was on the rise so like people like oh I'll have vodka and soda instead so there's a whole health conscious movement so you have to like constantly be reimagining one your business and what the success is going to look like in the next year and the year after that and the year after that um, for us you know our success is not it's not to be a giant brewery that's nationwide and you can get us in california and new york florida and everywhere i mean we we love to interact with our customers whether that's them just enjoying the beer that we've made or actually like having conversations with us or planning events that just are off the wall and crazy that people talk about and be like man you know we did that with frothy beard and it was so awesome that's that's our success now we hope to be able to do that continually in different locations grow but you know who knows what will happen in two or three years with the beer industry and we'll have to figure it out and maybe change again so. you've had some pretty stellar events um some big uh kickoffs for new beers and stuff like that uh, I, I know I've seen a lot of stuff on social media and we've talked about it, obviously, but um, with your Ninja Turtles themes, uh, you actually were reached out to by the creator of the Ninja Turtles. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, usually when we do these things, we expect the reach out to be a cease and desist, um, to be honest. <laughs> um, we didn't ask for permission. We, we we based a series of four beers on some of our childhood loves, which were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, we used that as a theme around the beers that, that we produced. So we produced a blue one, a red one, an orange one, and a purple one. Um, and we, we, we named them, you know, Mikey, Leo, Don, Raph. Um, and we, we got a shout out from Kevin Eastman uh, who said, like, if I would have known about this, I would have promoted it. Um, and so we actually sent him some of the t-shirts and swag and, and things and uh, so that he could he could have it um, just as a kind of a thank you for, for being cool. So he promoted it. Um, it's one, one of our biggest uh, success stories, I guess, as far as beer releases go. Um, but that has been, you know, we had a huge line out the door for the second release of it. Um, I think it was like 200-something long all, all day just wow. cranking out seven, seven cases it's great fun um, yeah the first time we tried to release it was right when covid shut everything down um, mm -hmm. but we still sold out that day of all the beer um, we just had to again reimagine what that day was going to be um, where we were supposed to have a huge party and like everybody you know enjoy pizza and everything said all we had to, what we ended up having to do was just release the beer um keep everybody safe you know we, we did a social distance release uh, but we sold out of all the beer and people you know they waited in their cars for the, when we called them in uh one by one to to place their order and then they were exited out and we called them the next person and it was it wasn't what we planned by any means but we still got through it and I think that's a great uh, way to look at building your own business, building 
something like this. It's not always what you plan it's going to be at all, <laughs> but you just have to kind of roll with the punches and adapt and grow and be versatile and stretch yourself and just change your model as needed. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're true to the core self, what you want, um, people sometimes dictate what they like and what they don't like. You know, you, you might love making this one beer that has 72 ingredients. It tastes like this. And then it's got like this X ingredient that everyone's like, oh, I hate it. You're like, no, I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> Not that that's true. But like, if, if everybody tells you like, but we really like this other beer, maybe make that other beer because that'll actually sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep yeah. keep that beer for yourself. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your private reserve. Let it age for a while. <laughs> right. So. Well, Michael, we know that you're super busy and you've got a lot going on on your plate. So I'll just close with one last question here. Uh, is there any other specific successes that you'd like to just highlight uh, in your journey? Um, I know you just opened the brand new location, but anything that just uh, strikes you as something that was like a milestone saying, man, this was like kind of a game changing success moment for me. Yeah. Um, definitely the second location has been one, like realizing that we can do more than just the one location the one community that we can reach multiple communities. I think, I mean, there've been some moments that I would say are more personal successes than business successes with all this, like just realizing our, our first grand opening in West Ashley was one where, you know, at one point I sat back and I looked at the crowd enjoying the place that we had built. And I still do this to this day, like, at times, I look at the faces of the people that are in my establishment and how they're interacting with each other and interacting with us and smiles, and the happiness that our place usually brings to them. It, we're, we're a community and a community space. And the beauty of it is that like, I can sit back sometimes and just see it unfolding and happening right there. And yes, we're a business, and yes, we need to make money to survive, but at the end of the day, we're not expect to see that everybody is just like enjoying themselves. That's a success for me. So. That's awesome. We love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so real quick, why don't you share your social medias, your website information, where can people find out more about Frothy Beard and what you're doing at the brewery? Sure. Uh, to start with, if you go to our website, frothybeard.com, um, you'll find most of the information that you would need, uh, whether it's events or beers that are on draft, especially at a close bar location, we order food, um, but a lot of People are on social media, so find us on Facebook and Instagram, Frothy Beard and Frothy Beard Brewing, and also Frothy Beard Offworld um, for each separate location. And then, you know, just you can join our newsletter there as well, which we send out once a week, and we do hit you up with all of our fun events and spam and all that stuff. But if you're interested in 
coming to our, any of our tap rooms and purchasing some beer and trying it out, then please do. Um, it's the best way to get to know us. Can't can't taste our beer through a computer screen. So. Awesome. Yeah. And if you are in the Charleston, South Carolina area at all, you need to stop by Frothy Beard. Melissa got to go for the first time, what, like two weeks ago? A couple weeks ago. Did a tour in the, the back where the brew is actually, the beer is actually brewed. Really amazing space. And I'm excited to see the new location. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to mention one last thing. Uh, so you said when you first started in your first location, you were making about 40 gallons at a time. Uh, yeah. How many gallons do you currently make in the current brewery? Uh, each, each batch that runs through the system is about 300 gallons, but we can make triple batches. And so we can do like 930 gallons at a time. And we're still considered relatively small for for the brewing industry, but that's what happens when you make craft. Yep. So. Well, that's some an amazing growth. And as your brother, uh, every time I walk into the brewery and I look around and I see it's packed out every time I go there, uh, and people are having fun and have and the food is amazing. Not. Oh, the not food even, is so good. Not even talking about the beer, the pizza, and the salads, and the. The appetizers, everything. The was, Brussels sprouts. Oh, those <laughs> Brussels were delicious. Everything's just top notch, and I cannot stress how proud of I, proud of you that I am as your brother to watch you have gone through the success, watch you from your humble beginnings, and seeing the growth that has taken place. Thanks. It's great that I have family that likes to come and drink beer and enjoy it with me. <laughs> It took you a while to like your beers. It did, but the Strawberry Blonde is actually the one beer that caused me to like beer. It it uh -huh. changed my life, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on today. As always, make sure that if you're listening today that you – not just check out Michael's stuff, definitely go and do that. But also, if you are not subscribed to us, Melissa, why don't you tell them where to find us? Um, go to reimaginesuccesspod.com or shoot us over an email if you have an inspiring story, you have your own success story. Uh, email us at reimaginesuccesspod at gmail.com and find us on all the social media platforms at reimaginesuccesspod. We thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next Thursday. Have a great week till next time. Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore. And don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginesuccesspod at gmail.com. And let us know what your successes are. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginesuccesspod.com. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success.